Thank you for joining us. For prayer request, visit us at the city of truth-international.org. Are you ready to both hear and heal from heaven? This is the place for you. This is a place where we like church, but we really love the truth. Stay tuned. Be connected. And so we're going to go into our, <clears throat> excuse me, second installment uh, for I Change My Mind. I am excited about this series uh, because the Holy Spirit is 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 causing us to be transformed in our minds. Uh, but most of all, he is uh, causing us to make the decision uh, to change our minds. So we bless God for that. So we're going to go ahead and go into the word. Uh, if you would be so kind, if you would turn with me uh, to a passage of scripture that may be familiar with Bible readers and Bible study goers, I want you to turn with me to Romans chapter one. Romans chapter one. Romans chapter one. It is not my intent to be before you long. Uh, thankfully, with the time changing and shifting, it brings us closer to those of you on the East Coast. Instead of that three-hour gap, it's a two-hour gap. And for those of you who are on the central time zone, it causes us to only have an hour gap. And those who are uh, on specific time, you're an hour behind us. So, so we're just thankful that we're closer in time zone. So Romans chapter 1, let's go down to verse number 15. Romans chapter 1, verse number 15. And that's where we're going to begin reading. I'm going to render reading tonight from uh, the New King James Version. And it reads on this wise. So as so as much as is in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome. Somebody just say, I'm ready. I'm ready. Now, now that does not mean that, you know, uh, you may not feel ready. Uh, but when your yes is in place, you're ready. And God will equip you. You continue to study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Just say, I'm ready. He's fry. He says, so as much as, as so, as much as in me, so as much as is in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome and understand that preaching is not just the proclamation of the word. Cause some of you may be saying, I heard somebody say that I'm not a preacher. I'm not, you know, I'm not a minister. I don't stand behind a pulpit. Look, preaching is your life. Look, I'm ready to proclaim with my life, the gospel. Hallelujah. The gospel, uh, which is, and I'll, I'll break that down in, in down the line down in this, in this, in this installment, in this lesson, but you're ready to proclaim. I'm ready to be a display of the gospel that I have embraced. So it's not about me standing behind the pulpit, grabbing my ear, having a microphone, having a congregation. But are you ready to proclaim through your life? Are you ready to proclaim through displaying uh, the meaning and the message and the meat and the power of the gospel through your life? Look at verse number 16. For he says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation. 
for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. Listen, read the text, y'all. I'm, I'm going to go be going through this again. But read what the text says. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation. It did not say that it was the power of God for salvation. It will The gospel will usher you to salvation, but there is still an obligation when you reach salvation. Come on here. It is the power of God to salvation, or I think King James may say unto salvation, but it did not say that it is the power of God uh, for salvation because there is a obligation to salvation. You can receive the invitation to salvation, which we'll uh, do later on in this in this in this in this uh, in this gathering. You can receive an invitation to salvation, but you have to make an obligation to salvation after you heed to the invitation to salvation. My God, for it is the power of God to salvation. What for everyone who believes? There's a condition for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. Uh, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Just read on just a little bit longer. Uh, these are going to be our verses of emphasis, but just, just read on a little bit longer to see what Paul was addressing to the church at Rome. For the wrath of God, hear this, is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Uh, they, they suppress the truth in unrighteousness. They, they want it to fit what they want, what they desire, how they think, what they, uh, what, what they feel, the, their emotions and um, their feelings and their appetites. They, they suppress the truth here it is again, uh, suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Why? Because what Because what may be known of God is manifest in them. For God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, here it is, are clearly seen, verse number 20, being understood by the things that are made. Let's read that again. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made. In other words, the, the invisible things of God, the invisible attributes of God are clearly uh, made known, are clearly visible to those of us who have been created. Because remember, everybody that is populating uh, the world, the universe, everybody is a creation of God. Hear this, put a pen in it. Please text it to somebody and have them have some understanding. Everybody is a creation of God, but everyone is not a child of God. Everybody is not a son of God. Yeah, you may have been created by him, but that does not mean that you bear the name or the mark of sonship. So even you being a creation of God, he says again, for since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, 
even his eternal power and Godhead. Look at this. So that they are without excuse. The atheist has no excuse. The agnostic has no excuse. And no one has an excuse. And, and at judgment day or even now that God does not exist because he says that he's clearly made it evident. His attributes that are invisible to those that have had that those who have his fingerprints of creativity, those who have the the the, the, the creativity, the creators of fingerprints on them because he has molded and fashioned them. He's created them from the dust of the ground and breathed into their nostrils and man became a living soul. They are without excuse. We are without excuse because he says that I have clearly made it known to you who I am. Yep, they may be invisible, but they are, you are without excuse. I have made known to you who I am. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were, they, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts. And their foolish hearts were darkened. Mm. Read that again. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were they thankful, but became futile, pointless, trifling, if you will, in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools. Because he takes the foolish things, which is the things of God, to confound, to bring shame to those who think they have wisdom and those who think that they are highly intelligent. Verse number 23, and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image like corruptible man and birds, corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. Therefore, God has given them up to uncleanness in the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worship and serve. Here this the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forevermore. This whole from 15 to 25 is just meat unpacked, personified. But our emphasis, if you will, you can read that again in your time. Our emphasis is going to be uh, verse 16 uh, through 17. We can just say 15 through 17. I'm going to read it again. So as much as in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome. Now he was talking again to the people uh, at Rome, but you can insert wherever city, state, location, place, person, wherever it is, whether it's your job, whether it's your subdivision, whether it's your neighborhood, whether it's your community, whether it's your city, whether it is your neighbor, whether it is your region, whether it's your state, wherever it is, I'm ready. That that I just preach all by itself. I'm ready, you know. Tiffany Haddish has her has her little thing going on. Is she ready? Well, my question to you: Are you you, you ready? <laughs> just read it again. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. For the Jew first, and also for the Greek. For for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written: The just shall live by faith. For just a few moments, I just want to talk about, I want to hold you too much longer. I just want to talk about a minister from the subject evolving. I just want to talk about a minister from the subject tonight of evolving. I changed my mind. Evolving. In evolving. 
I changed my mind. I, I evolving. Last white last week we talked about um uh, uh what are you mindful of? Uh what or no, I'm sorry, what are you calling to mind? Excuse me. This week we're talking about in our second installment of the November series. I change I changed my mind. We're talking about evolving. Evolving. Let me put this out here and let me just say this uh and emphatically, undeniably, boldly, if you will be so kind. Uh, it is impossible. It is absolutely impossible for any man, woman, boy, or girl, whether you be African-American, whether you be Caucasian, whether you be uh, of the Asian descent, whether you be of Hispanic origin, whether you be of, uh, whether you're indigenous, whatever it is, whether you're from America, whether you're in Africa, whether you're in Europe, whether you're in Canada, whether you're in Mexico, whether you're in, uh, in Australia, wherever you are all over the world, it is impossible for you or I to lay claim to salvation or to lay claim that we are saved by his precious blood. It is impossible to say that we are saved, as the church was a sanctified and full of the Holy Spirit. It is, it is impossible for us to lay claim to that and, us, and for us to refuse changing, evolving, and transforming in our walk. It is impossible. You cannot claim that you are saved. You cannot lay claim that you are sanctified. You cannot lay claim that you're Holy Ghost filled, fire baptized, and you refuse to embrace the changes that come through times and that come through seasons in your walk with Christ. If you are claiming and laying claim to salvation, and you refuse to change, then I question and I challenge your salvation. Because salvation was never meant for you and I to remain stuck. Religion wants to keep you stuck. Salvation is a ever-progressing, ever-evolving, ever-renouncing, ever renewing walk with Christ on a daily basis. And if you choose to hold on to the customs and to the traditions of uh, forefathers, institutions, denominations, and refuse to change and refuse to transform and to refuse to uh, be renewed, then I challenge I go as far as to even say that you're not saved if you refuse to progress and refuse to evolve. Well, you may ask the question, Apostle, what does it mean to evolve? I'm, I'm, I'm glad you asked. Evolve means to gradually change one's opinions or beliefs. Stay with me. To come forth gradually into being into being, to develop. Let me read that again. Evolve means to gradually change one's opinions or beliefs to come forth gradually into being or develop. Now understand this, understand this. 
because if anyone knows who I, if anybody knows me and knows the uh, knows the core and the nucleus of uh, the ministry that I have been entrusted with, the steward the steward over, I'm all about foundation. I'm all about truth. Um, his truth, uh, his, 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 his mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. And, this, and, and, and so I'm not refuting that. I'm not disputing that. I will go to the grave with that standing for the foundation, because the Bible says that if the foundation be removed, then what uh, what what would the righteous do? So the foundation is necessary. But but there are some things that as we as we build upon foundation, there are some things um, the Bible says that there is a way that seems right unto man, but the end thereof is death. And so therefore, God never faults you or I for feeling the way we feel, viewing what we view, having opinions or a stance pertaining to what we have an opinion and stance about. He never faults us for that. But when there is presented unto us the gospel of Jesus Christ, the gospel of the kingdom, then that's where we stand at a crossroads, at a precipice, if you will, and we choose whether we're going to accept the truth or whether we're going to continue to embrace what we feel, how we think, what, 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 how we were raised, it's going to become a choice. And if you choose to embrace what you've always known and reject what you have received or what has came into your uh, hearing, into your, uh, to your lap, into your table by way of truth, then this is where you are refusing to change. This is where you're refusing to be transformed. Now, I'm not talking about these fads and trends and all these viral, uh, you know, er erroneous teachings and things of that nature. No, 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 no. The Bible tells us that we have to be careful of every wind and doctrine and the and the craftiness of deceitful men that come to uh, try to push out that which is uh, truth and to replace it with deception and self-serving motives and those who are the the workers of iniquity. Let me share this with you right quick before I go back into this about the gospel of Jesus Christ, how you have to embrace change. Understand this. This was something the Lord shared with me during my time of sabbatical and during my time of a hiatus. I, it, it just blew my mind. Let me share this with you. I can't stay here like I want to when, I'm, when I say this, but just catch this if you will. Under, he said this. He said, son, he says, do you not know that the workers of iniquity, because I touched on that just a little bit, I believe in the early part of last month, do you not understand that the workers of iniquity, when he said, uh, you know, when they said that, you know, many would come unto me and say, have we not cast out demons in your name? Have we not preached in your name, prophesied in your name? Have we not done this in your name? And Jesus says, uh, depart from me. I never knew you, you worker of iniquity. Hear this. I want somebody to be encouraged in this. And I want your eyes to be open and enlightened to this. Understand that the workers of iniquity do not experience spiritual warfare. Somebody needs to shout right there. The workers of iniquity do not experience spiritual warfare. Why would they experience spiritual warfare when their contribution and what they're doing is not for the kingdom? They're not working to tear the, 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 the kingdom of Satan down. 
what they're doing is to self-serve and establish their own tower of Babel. So they're not going through warfare. <laughs> they're not going through. The devil is not attacking them. The devil is not uh, he's, he's not trying to do. He's not trying to kill them because they're really a secret agent of the kingdom of darkness. So therefore, the workers of iniquity do not experience warfare. So everybody that's that's crying and saying, I'm going through warfare. Oh, the devil, the devil is, is attacking me. But you are you, because because you won't get people to come to your conference or sow a certain money or because certain people will not be deceived, but because they're discerning. Now you're claiming that it's an attack of the devil. You cannot be attacked when you are working and operating in iniquity because what you're doing, God doesn't, he doesn't even recognize what you're doing because you're not doing it for him. You're doing it for you. So you cannot go through warfare. <laughs> those who are working iniquity, be encouraged. Those of us who are working the work, who are, are working and following the instructions and the will of God pertaining to his assignment upon our lives. That's warfare when we're obedient. He always wants those who, who, who just say, hey, I'm cool with being in the background. I'm cool with just, you know, saying throwing in the, not throwing in the towel, but folding up the towel, putting the towel away. I'm cool with just sitting this one out. I could be on the backstage. I could be on the back end. I could be in the back of the church. I'm cool with it. It's always the, the, the pure ones. It's always the genuine ones that would say, you know what? I'll give space uh, to this, that, or whoever. And, and God says, no, see, it's the ones that are, tr that are pure in heart that would rather say then Lord, maybe I'm, you know, maybe it's, maybe I'm not for this, but it's the ones that are called that wants to push their agenda. So be encouraged when the devil wants you to quit. I don't know why he had to just drop this prophetic and word of knowledge to somebody tonight in the middle of this. Be encouraged and don't think that everybody that's crying out warfare, don't think that everybody that has big gatherings, don't think that everybody that seems to be doing big things uh, that they are approved or that they are known by Jesus. And don't 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 don't, don't be intimidated. Uh, be secure in what God has called you to do. Uh, and I pray in the name of Jesus. Jesus, that before the end of 2021, that you will see and experience and partake in the fruit that comes from the work that you're engaging yourself in, in the name of Jesus. Receive it tonight in Jesus' name. But the workers of iniquity are not uh, experienced warfare. So therefore, the key element in transformation, in changing my mind and for people to change their mind, the key ingredient is the gospel. Now understand that the gospel is not only the good news of Jesus Christ, but it also involves the good news of the kingdom. Jesus didn't come talking about, I'm going to die for you and believe me and I'm going to get, he didn't, he didn't come and, and hoot on a, and holler and say, and I will rise on the third day he, he and, and right early right ahead Jesus didn't come preaching the good news of himself he did include and and share with people that you know that in like in the days of Noah that he would that you know he, he he will lay down his life and he didn't know that they're not taking my life he did speak of his death he did speak of his resurrection he did speak that he that he does all things uh, the father has never left him because he does always those things that are pleasing before the father's sight he did speak of what he would go through but he did bring attention he brought an awareness of the good news of the kingdom 
Huh? The good news of those who are sick, that you don't have to remain sick. Those who are bound, you don't have to stay bound. Those who are shackled, you don't have to remain shackled. Those that are bruised, you can be healed. He, he, he didn't come bringing a self-awareness. He brought the good news of the kingdom. And after he ascended, then the good news of the kingdom accompanied with the good news of Jesus who provides to us salvation was then brought in as well. So we have the good news of the kingdom of God, of his rule, his jurisdiction under the domain of the king. But seek ye first the kingdom of God, really his lordship, his headship. Uh, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, which we said in the text tonight. And all these things shall be added unto you. Matthew 6, around verse number 33. He was talking about the, the clothing and the, the housing and the food. Hear this. Many people misquote this. Hear this and go back and look at it for yourself. Matthew 6, 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. The Bible does not say seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be given. The Bible says that if you seek first the kingdom of God, Jesus said, Matthew 6, 33, if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things shall be added. What does add mean? That means that this will come in conjunction to what you already have present because you are seeking the kingdom of God and my righteousness. The Bible says that the kingdom is not meat or drink, but joy uh, and peace in the Holy Ghost. So you got to understand when you have to seek the kingdom, it's not about having the houses, the cars. It's not about having the, the, uh, the, 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 um, uh, the, the, the attire and having things met physically, but it is added to what already comes because you are seeking the kingdom. Oh my God, where is that? Let me find that scripture for you as I keep on talking. It's found in Romans. It's, 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 it's oh my God, the kingdom of God is, is not meat and drink. Uh, hold on, hold on there. Just praise him right there. <laughs> the kingdom of God is not meat or drink. Romans chapter 14, verse number 17. Let me read that for you. When we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things shall be added to what is already there. What is already there? What's already there is Romans 14 and 17. He says, uh, therefore, do not let your good. First of all, 16, do not let your good be evil spoken, be spoken of as evil. Verse number 17, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. When you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and, and all these other things, the what you're going to wear, what you're going to eat, where you're going to stay, that's going to be added to, hear this again, the righteousness, the peace, and the joy in the Holy Spirit. If you have all this stuff, but you have no joy, righteousness, or peace in the Holy Ghost, then you got to see whether or not you seek in the kingdom, even the, even the heathen can get. Uh, that get uh, uh, get a car and get a house and, and get clothing, but can nobody? You cannot buy joy. You cannot buy peace. You cannot buy righteousness in the Holy Ghost. Only that can come when you're seeking the kingdom. When you seek the kingdom correctly, look for the joy. Look for the peace. Look for the righteousness in the Holy Ghost. Anyway, so back to what I was saying. So there's the gospel of the good news. There is the gospel of the kingdom of God. But look what the text says. 
Paul said again, so as much as in me, I'm ready to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Why? For it is the power of God to salvation. Now, who is this applying to? When I receive the gospel, when I hear the gospel, when the gospel is coming through with purity, power, and coming through with correct and proper contextual delivering, then it is the power of God to salvation. There ought to be something that stirs up in me when I hear a proper theologically sound word of teaching, word of preaching, word of knowledge, word of prophecy, it never points to the vessel that is being used or to the place in which you are receiving it. It always, the gospel, the gospel of the kingdom, the gospel of Jesus Christ, a word of knowledge, prophecy, it must always draw you closer to him. It reveals God's plan. God's will, God's purpose for you. And at the end of the day, when the vessel that has been utilized, when the place that, that God met you at has been locked, and when the vessel has gone back home, then what ought to be left should be you and God so that you two can continue on this walk together, this transformation, this change of mind together when everything and everybody else has faded to black. For, for, for again, for it's the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes for the Jew first and also for the Greek. Look at this. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. I like that. See, many read over that. It says the righteousness of God is revealed from faith <clears throat> to faith. In other words, at one place where you, when you, when you receive it, embrace it and agree with the word of God, you, you, you receive it at a place and at a point of faith. And then when you hear the next word that comes from the Lord pertaining the next word that will cause you to say, you know what? I used to think this was right because the gospel reveals here. This the righteousness that you just said it for in it was in it. The gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. If you are claiming to be a preacher, proclaimer, and liver of the God uh, of the gospel, what it reveals is God's righteousness, not your self-righteousness. The righteousness of God is revealed. In other words, what God considers right, not what society considers right, not what my feelings or my flesh considers right, not what my neighbor considers right. Not what not what the uh, the left or the right, the Democrats or the Republicans say is right. Not what the government says is right. No, no, no. When I hear the gospel, it reveals the righteousness of God and what he declares, what he decrees as right and righteous altogether. And so therefore, there is no compromise. Therefore, there is no, there is no, because I have a political party affiliation that I am tied to. There is no, listen, before I'm a Democrat, Republican, a liberal, whatever the case may be, I am a kingdom citizen. So therefore, my viewpoint, my stance comes from a kingdom perspective and not because of a donkey or an elephant or, or, or anybody that is liberal. It comes from a kingdom perspective, not because I'm African-American, not because of the Caucasian. It's not even about my race that has a, a, a say so over the righteousness of God 
And we need to learn how to put these elephants, these donkeys to the side. God bless. I thank God that I am an African-American that is proud African-American, but I am saved, sanctified, full of the Holy Ghost. And I happen to be a black man, but I'm first of all a kingdom man. I'm kingdom and I happen to be black. And I have to embrace what God says over my rage, over my emotions, over my feelings. What is God saying? What does the book say I'm supposed to do? But a lot of people, uh, they put God for for, uh, number four, number five on the totem pole because they're everything else first. They're everything else first. I'm single and horny first. I'm married and unfulfilled first. I'm transgender first. I'm, I'm this first. I'm homosexual first. I'm everything else first before the word of God. Instead of allowing the word of God to be number one and everything else underneath has to fall into place. For therein is the righteousness, what God considers right, what he says is right. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed. Where? From faith to faith. From one point of acceptance of what he said to the next point of acceptance of what he said. From faith to faith. Every time you receive and obey, every time you receive, embrace, and obey, and choose to renounce the way you used to think before you heard what you heard, which was the righteousness of God revealed through the gospel, every time you embrace it, you then take a step of faith. And then the next time you decide to renounce what you know and what you feel and what you thought and embrace what God is revealing through the gospel, uh, revealing by way of his righteousness through the gospel, you move another step of faith. So this walk is a progression of faith of accepting what God says and renouncing what I thought or felt prior to me receiving the righteousness of God, what he says right through the word of God. That, my brothers and sisters, that, ladies and gentlemen, that is evolving. What is evolving again? Evolving says that I'm gradually to gradually change my opinion or my beliefs. I thought one way, but no, the word of God says is is this way. I thought it was left, but God says it's right. I thought it was up. God says it's down. I thought it was in. God says it's out. To gradually change one's opinion or beliefs to come forth gradually into being to develop. That's why I say, I just believe it is impossible. That's why, let me finish reading the scripture. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed, verse number 17, from faith to faith. For it is written, the just shall live by faith. We grow from faith to faith, embracing his righteousness, what he declares is right here, to the next step of what he declares is right, until we are fu- until we fully are embracing and walking, hear this, in his righteousness and not in our unrighteousness, hear this, or our self-righteousness. Our cry, our hunger should be, God, what do you say is right? Not what I feel in my body, not what I think in my head, not what's even uh, active in my family. What do you say? is right according to you because you are the epitome of righteousness. And until that, that's the first thing that needs to be established until you accept him as being righteous and him right and him alone that everything else 
has to fall underneath him until that is accepted, you will never change your mind. You will never be transformed because you will still feel that through your unrighteousness or self-righteousness, that it is superior over God's righteousness. So we have to continue to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. For therein is the, 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 for in it, the gospel, uh, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith for it is written, the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. Evolving. I changed my mind. I'm evolving. I'm evolving. What I didn't think was, what, what I thought was right after hearing the gospel, the pure gospel, the truth, the truth that will make me free. The, the, and when the sun comes, when the sun sets you free, you're free indeed. The truth that will make you free, then I have a choice. Am I going to renounce what I thought and what I felt, or am I going to embrace what the gospel has revealed? The righteousness, the right standard, the righteousness of God is. And for some of you, I may be talking to you tonight that you have never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. You've been hearing a whole bunch of messages about how you can get it again you know motivational how you can get ahead in life and that's that's true we need to hear we thank god for holistic teaching where we can know and apply the principles of god's word in the earth but understand this that you can have a whole lot of stuff you can apply a whole lot of principles but at the end of the day where are you going to spend eternal your eternal destination where are you going to spend eternity Understand this, I said this before and I'll continue to say it. Everybody, Jesus healed a lot of people. He fed a lot of people. He, he did a lot of miracles and signs and wonders when he was in the earth before he died on the cross. But that did not mean, nor did that make them saved. It didn't mean that they received Jesus Christ as savior because he had not shed the blood for the remission of sin yet. So the same ones that were healed, the same ones that were fed, and the same ones that he performed miracle signs and wonders to still had to make a decision after he was raised from the dead, after he was resurrected. Do you, do you accept him as the son of God after he shed the blood? Or was he only beneficial to you because you were hungry or because you were sick? Or because you had a loved one that needed a touch from the Lord? So it's not about how you can get ahead down here. It's about how and where you where you're going to spend eternal or eternal where you're going to spend eternity. What is your eternal destination? Do me a favor. I want you to watch this next video, and I'll be right back with some closing thoughts. Stay tuned. Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior? Jesus said, in Revelation chapter 3 verse 20, Listen, I stand at the door and knock. If any hear my voice and open the door, I will come into their house and eat with them, and they will eat with me. You may ask, how do I accept this invitation to salvation? We are so glad that you've asked this life-changing question. The Bible gives us the ABCs of salvation. A. To all who receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. John chapter 1 verse 12. 
first, admit you are a sinner. Romans chapter 3 verse 10 and verse 23 says, There is no one righteous, not even one for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Next, ask God's forgiveness. Romans chapter 10 verse 13 says, Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. B. Believe in Jesus, put your trust in him, as your only hope of salvation. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. John chapter 3 verse 16. C. Confess that Jesus is your Lord. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Romans chapter 10 verse 9. Pray this prayer with us today. Dear God, I know that I am a sinner, and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you sent your son Jesus to die for my sins and raised him from the dead. I turn from my sins and invite you to come into my heart and into my life. I want to trust you and follow you as my Lord and as my Savior. Thank you for accepting me just as I am, and accepting me right where I am. Thank you for your unfailing love and for the ultimate price your son Jesus paid, through the giving of his life, and the shedding of his blood. Today I accept your salvation and your redemption in my life. In Jesus' name I pray, Amen. Did you pray the prayer of salvation with us today? If so, welcome to the family. Welcome to the family. Did you pray that prayer of salvation? Do me a favor. Let us know. Let us know. Go to uh, <laughs> call my wife, Pastor Lady Baby. Uh, Pastor Jackson, put the information info at the city of truth international.org. Let us know if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior so that we can celebrate, so that we can reach out and so that we can provide community. I'm not saying that we're not soliciting for you to be a member of our church, as people say, member of the church. But what we want to do is, is we want to provide you with some material, some information so that you can continue to grow from faith to faith. The gospel of Jesus Christ. Find yourself. People used to say, find yourself a Bible believing, Bible preaching church. No, 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 no. Pray. Ask the God. Lord, direct me to where you want to plant me. Because the problem that happens many times is, is that. Many people have been taught that you choose your own church and your own soil, and then you wonder why you're not growing or you wonder why you were misled. Because you made a decision based upon what you saw with your eyes, based upon even the recommendation of somebody else. But I promise you that if you go hmm, to the great shepherd, Jesus Christ, and you ask him to lead you where you are to go and, and, and the community you are to be with, He'll lead you there because it's about being in the right soil so that you can bloom and blossom and flourish and grow. Receiving the, uh, the place where you need to go, where the gospel of Jesus Christ, the truth is being preached. And that may not look like what you see on TV. <laughs> it may not look like what you think. There are mega churches that are small in number, 
because they are doing mega ministry, even though they may not be in certain buildings as others. Or they may not be in the building. They may be doing something virtually. Who knows? But I, I encourage you, those who have accepted Jesus, reach out to us so that we can celebrate and give God praise for you. But then also uh, seek God, ask God to lead you to a place where you can grow and receive the gospel revealing his righteousness. So, Father, we thank you tonight for your word. We thank you that we're evolving. I pray for any and everyone that is stuck tonight, that is finding difficulty due to their upbringing, due to their uh, their, their their family, that are finding it difficult, Lord God, to embrace what you have called righteous and forsake and renounce what they've always known. And I'm not just talking about people, dear God, that grew up in church. I'm talking about people that maybe not grew up in church at all. Some people grew up, Lord God, in atmospheres that didn't even mention your name and then I didn't acknowledge your existence. I pray to Heavenly Father that they will be unstuck and that they won't try to be analytical and logical in their thinking. But you shared, you shared with us clearly that accepting your word, accepting the gospel, and accepting your righteousness from faith to faith, it's not about what makes sense, but it's about choosing to believe and embrace what you have said over what we think, over what we feel, and even uh, according to how we were raised. So, Father, I pray in Jesus' name that if there's anybody out there, dear God, that wants to learn how to be unstuck, that they'll reach out uh, to us or reach out to someone that can help them be unstuck and even you had, Lord God, I pray, uh, Philip join aside the, the Ethiopian, Lord God, in Acts chapter 8 and give him an understanding. The Ethiopian never said he didn't believe what he was reading. He said he needed understanding. So, Father God, I pray in Jesus' name that you will lead people to the right people that will have the patience and the purity to give them the understanding that they need. Thank you, dear God, for discipleship. Yep, thank you for salvation, but we thank you that the goal is discipleship, that they will be a follower and a learner of Jesus Christ. And we give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Y'all, we love you to life. We love you to truth. Watch this last video. You want to be a blessing so that we can continue to do our outreach and continue to reach souls with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Consider partnering with us tonight. We love you to life. Love the truth. Be blessed. Thank you for tuning in. Our prayer is that this ministry enhances, enriches, and establishes you in present truth. Consider becoming a global partner. Or consider becoming a local partner with the City of Truth International G.S. Jackson Ministries Today